Hi, Kyle. It's good to be back with you. Um, I'd like to check in with you here about the status of Wall Street in China. I mean, since we've seen the, the Didi Chuxing IPO disaster and recently um, the, the sort of problems with Evergrande, um, where are we when it comes to how investors are, are looking at China? Are we going through a rethink or is that still uh, yet to come? Sure. Well, glad to be here, Jonathan. And I, I think, number one, when you just think about what happened in Evergrande, you know, a uh, $300 billion worth of debt, $200 billion onshore, about $100 billion in dollar bonds, $100 billion of dollar bonds. And there was supposedly a conversation with their quasi-Western auditor on an audit, and there was no qualified opinion as to whether or not Evergrande would, could potentially go out of business this year. And yet here we are, one of the largest defaults in the history of the world um, that either the auditors missed, or as you and I both know, the auditors aren't even let in. So it brings us full circle back to both a fiduciary question and a geopolitical question. The first is, as a fiduciary, how do you not lose your job losing money in a company like Evergrande when you, when you clearly know that the numbers being told to you aren't the real numbers? You have no idea what the real financial situation of the company is. And now, on top of, call it audit risk and fraud risk, you have Xi Jinping risk, as you mentioned, with, the, with what happened to to Didi and what's happened to uh, Alibaba and what's happened to the crackdown on for-profit education and wh wherever else he wants to really enhance this uh, this common prosperity goal of, of uh, uh, closing the gap between the haves and have-nots. Again, Wall Street must be rethinking to get to, get to your question. Um, and what we've got to start thinking about now is these passive indices, right? We have active decisions to potentially not invest more going forward. But then you've got the Black Rocks of the world, the Vanguards of the world, and, and the MSCIs, where there's $10 trillion worth of money that indexes against MSCI's indices. Those people have to start rethinking things. Right. And we just had a Goldman Sachs uh, strategy research paper come out um, a couple of weeks ago that's talking about an EM um, X China is a separate equity class. Um, so what do you think of that? I mean, is it, is it time to make moves in that direction? I mean, in my mind, it certainly would make sense to stop having all this passive flow into China, which obviously funnels itself into an arms race that's directed against us. So um, it seems like a, a good idea to me, but I wonder what the appetite is. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, China has become uh, as much as 40% of emerging markets indices in MSCI. Of course, China doing what they do best is coerce their way in to these in, to these indices. And when you think about emerging markets, well, I thought China was the number two economy in the world and would soon surpass the U.S. So how can we consider them an emerging economy? How are they not a developed economy? So I think people that index to EM, they're not getting EM. They're getting Xi Jinping risk. They're getting no audit risk. They're getting all the risks that they didn't sign up for. When uh, I think an, an EMX China index uh, is something that we should really bring about. And these seven strategists at Goldman Sachs really tried to tackle this, quote, highly technical problem. I wouldn't call it highly, highly technical. I would call it easy uh, to understand. But these passive flows, Jonathan, as you know, are really the blood that's grown the tumor of the CCP. And um, if we can restrict, inhibit or uh, stop altogether, uh, the, 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 the blood flows of passive money into Chinese companies, that would, that would forever change the landscape of, of China's uh, belligerence on, on the economic and, and militaristic landscape. 
And Kyle, what about China's own financial sector? I mean, my sense is that without access to Western capital markets and in the way that, that, that you know Beijing has today, without um, you know passive flows in and the ability to just connect with Western financial markets, it would be very, very difficult for them to um, pursue their economic goals writ large. But what do you think, um, you know, post Hong Kong and all the rest of it? I mean, what what do you think their real capabilities are in terms of uh, being able to finance themselves? Well, I mean, I think today their ability to finance themselves, if we were to take them off the SWIFT system or call it economically sanctioned their banks, um, it, their ability to operate globally is de minimis. And, and I think that's why you're seeing the Chinese Communist Party push as hard and fast as they can push with the rollout of their central bank digital currency, which will be, begin in earnest 2022. So if they can go from zero uh, percent really of, of cross-border settlements internationally to 10 to 15 percent, wherever their GDP has them uh, between trade and investment, um, that would be a quantum leap forward in their ability to transact with the rest of the world. I still think it would be fraught with peril, uh, but I think the largest risk facing the West in the next decade is the rollout of the Chinese tech stack or the Chinese CBDC for next year. Right. And at the same time, if, you know, should this all come to pass, I mean, you're really talking about two separate economic ecosystems. I mean, um, if, if you know, that that's their offset ultimately is to be able to do uh, belt and road trade in RMB. Um, and, and yet they're bringing our investment banks in there presumably as well to, to link themselves more uh, closely to, to the Western financial system. So I think it all ends in, in a in a very uh, distressing place, given their geopolitical objectives. I, I, I know we have eight seconds left. It, it all really relies on what happens in Taiwan. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Kyle. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Kyle.